Schlock Talk Radio. that discusses life's difficult situations and celebrates our accomplishments through interviews on relevant topics, important issues, and empowerment from a biblical perspective. The Lion's Den will bring you the energy of encouragement, transcending godly wisdom, the efficacy of knowledge and education, and primarily strength to the victorious and weary in life from the sourcehood of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. So go ahead and roar. That's right. Victory. Roar for your Roar for your deliverance. Roar for your healing. Man, just roar because you need to let a roar out. That's it. Listen, we're excited tonight. We got a show for you. Okay, um, we're talking about the director. Now, come on, Lion, get out of the way. I'm telling you in the den tonight. Listen, uh, my co-host, big brother, Mr. CEO, Philip T. Reed Sr. is not here with us tonight. He got some meetings and stuff going on. He may join us later, but nevertheless, I got to tell you what we got going on tonight. The director's cut, too. You got to get it how you live it. So you know from our last episode, it's not a cakewalk to direct other actors. Star in and produce your own production. Boost ticket sales and get your community to go all in on your dream, right? No stress, ain't no pressure, ain't no problem. You just do that, right? Can I tell you it's possible? See, I want to know what, but you, but, but you're not really seeing what's behind the scenes that go into production. We're gonna talk to you a little bit about that tonight, because my special guest is the founder and CEO of Creative Elite Productions. He brought you the hit stage plays Deception when life catches up with you, the comedy murder mystery A Night in Shingle Heights, and coming June the second at the Douglas Theater in Macon, Georgia, Deception Two, where there's only one way out. He's an actor, writer, director, and producer. Man, this brother is the hardest working man in the 478, the industrious Mr. Stephen Little. Brother, we're glad to have you here tonight. Hey, glad to be here. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother, you got the studio going crazy. 
Hey, thank you, I, thank you, I, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Can I tell y'all what drew my attention to this brother is is, is your energy. See, he like Kevin Gates. I'm like, man, he don't get tired, you know. This brother's nah. losing tickets, <laughs> beating the streets, putting butts in them seats with over 600 tickets sold and counting for the upcoming play Deception 2. Uh, see, Mr. Luda, I just want to know what drives you, man. What's drives? What's driving you? I tell you, man, it's it's one the the demand, you know, with people actually looking forward um, to to the productions. You know, we had a great year last year. You know, being my first yes. year doing it, and it went great. And and the demand of people saying, okay, when you're doing something next, and you know, and not only that, but the excitement mm-hmm. behind, you know, people, you know, uh, excitement and anticipation of knowing something's coming, and it's just like, okay, that, right. that's pressure, man. You know, <laughs> wow. So, you know, that's pretty much it, man. And, of course, the family. You know, my kids, they get a, a kick out of my daddy doing something, you know, and got people that enjoy what he's doing. And I got to be an example to them because they're very creative as well. So, you know, my kids is one of my biggest drives. I got a picture every place I go. You know, this yeah. is what I'm doing it for. Well, brother, you're definitely leaving a legacy. Uh, when did it hit you and what inspired you to get into the industry of entertainment and acting? Well, and you know what? It's, it, it was... I, I have this little impersonation things that I've done through my time, and people was just like, man, you know, hey, bro, you should, you should, you know, be on a stage. Of course, I've, I've been singing, you know, my entire life, okay. but then, you know, someone was like, you should be on a stage, like acting, you know, you can do impersonations, and I'm like, okay, well, I ain't never thought about that. So, you know, one day I just said, hey, I'm gonna write a play. You know, I'm gonna see a little skit. And I wrote it as a skit at first, and went to numerous people. You know, hey, like, hey, can you produce this? Can you direct this for me? I don't know how to do it. You know, and it was like, well, I mean, yeah, we get to it. Can you be in my play? And I just said, I don't know how to act, but I, yeah, sure. And got on stage, and the first time I got a standing ovation, I said, yep, wow. I'm in love. This is it. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been hooked ever since, man. Uh, that 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 magic. I remember Helen Helen Blair, uh, Helen Baylor saying that that applause says I love you. That applause says yeah. you're doing it for us. You know. Yeah. That, that's uh, what what was that impression impersonation you were doing? <laughs> yeah, well, I got uh, a few of them, but uh, Bernie Mac been one of them. Uh, you know, like that's the one area I, I was actually around his shortly, and somebody was like, "Boy, I thought you was him for real." I was like, "Ain't he dead?" But you know, that's one of the popular ones I've actually done. Okay, okay. Hey, uh, like the investigative radio show host I am, I did my homework and researched some of the clips you on your previous productions, and man, they were like mm-hmm. that. I'm talking about some good acting, funny, well written. What, what was your inspiration yeah. behind the Deception series? Uh, well, it was, you know, my, my biggest thing is, is portraying real situations. But at the same time, it doesn't always have to end. You know, people always look for happy endings. That's right. And the thing about it is it was a happy ending, but the way that Deception 1 actually ended, it was left to where, okay, something bad had happened, you mm-hmm. know, but at the same time, you can overcome it. And it's a way to work through it because you got to find out what is the main thing that we have to focus on in this situation. Because sometimes we have our own feelings and, and, and mindset in a situation, but actually find out what the focal point is. And in this, it's about a child, you know, who didn't have a father yeah. majority yeah. of his life. And the situation was bad of how it happened, but it wasn't an accident. It was meant hmm. for him to be here. So now how are we going to focus on, you know, now that I'm in this kid's life, you know, I need to be here, and I can't focus on arguing back and forth. And you get the mom on one, on the side, and the you know the other mom, and they got to coincide uh-huh. because it's like co-parents. Right. So, you know, just real things that happen. A lot of people, you know, 
even with my situation, you know, I'm I'm married, and you know, mm-hmm. I have I have an ex-wife with with two kids with them, and my current wife and my ex-wife are very close, and wow. we we have it to where we're we're very blended. We we sit in the same room, we go to the same family functions. There's no Man. two parties, and I wanted to show that through writing to where it works because the kids are the key. It's not don't work get your emotions out the way. Let's focus on the kids because they need to see happiness and 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 uh, that the family and the parents can coincide with each other. So that Man, was the thing that I portrayed with this as well. That that and that's something that needs to be put out there. That you know they call it co co parenting now. You know for a term, but that's something that really needs to be seen. That the exes and the previous and the family can get along without the kids becoming a pawn in the mix. You yeah. Know, because that hurts yeah. the whole family. You know. Yep. So so I appreciate that, man. And then AJ, he just so cool through the skin, and you know. But it, you know, speaking of AJ. Name a few of your actors and actresses, and what is it like working with these uh, talented people, and what do they bring to the play? Well, yeah, it, you know, it's, AJ is actually one of the people who have, you know, molded me into the guy that I am. That's actually my brother, my older brother. Okay, okay. And, um, yeah, Marcus Little, man, he, he came yeah. in and smashed that part. Shout out, um, Marcus. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, AJ, a.k.a. Marcus Little, man, so... You know, you got him, and then, um, you know, Lanita King, she plays as AJ's wife, which is uh, Cynthia. Yeah, but Lanita, she, well, anyway, she had that hand. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was watching the clip. It wasn't no words, but she was was in motion, and the actresses were in motion. I said, look at them girls, man. They made me me want to get in the mirror and... And uh, anyway, go ahead, yeah. man. go ahead. I'm, I'm tripping. But, yeah, yeah, man. Go ahead. I mean, and you and you got things to where even with with a couple of characters like one of my characters, she drives an hour her practice here and an hour back home just to be a part wow. of it. And she's always on time. She's always at every practice. I got another one that drives 45 minutes. You know, so you got Maddie Davis and Lisa. And I mean, you got numerous of folks that believe in what we're doing, and they steady grind. And I appreciate them. You know, even my wife, she's the one. That's in the production, and she played the role of Tammy, uh, Ebony Little. So she played that role, never acted before in her life. But she said, babe, you're going to make sure I look good on stage. And she made me practice with her every night before we went to sleep. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just been a great experience, man. The people, I love them to life. Uh, They believe in what, you know, what we're doing. And it's not just about Steven. I told Mm -hmm. them this is a stepping stool for you guys. You take a piece, your piece that you do out of this and promote it. Say hey, I've done yeah, stage yeah. plays. Here's a clip of it. It's a stepping stool for them as well. So I love that cast of life. It's been a joy. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Hey, get hey somebody somebody get them a roar. Get that cast a roar. Can you do that for me? Get that cast a roar. <laughs> All right, that's a little low roar. But man, I, I appreciate it. and and I love that. I love the the dedication, the commitment to making something mm-hmm. excellent and special. Man, that that means a lot. Man, that really means a lot. Um, yeah. <clears throat> now. Now, brother, this is this is one of my. Uh, hold on, let me get that. This is one of my questions that what that really um, came down to me as I was looking at it, because you know I be wanting the truth from people, and I, sometimes people won't answer the question. You know, I'll answer the question. You want answers? <laughs> I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> that, that's just one of, my, one of my lines. But <clears throat> I was thinking, I I said, brother. I said, you can go to the ATL where all the movies and shakers and entertainment are beginning to converge. And, and I have to ask, like, one of Jesus' disciples said, can anything good come out of Macon? 
So I have to ask, mm-hmm. why choose making Georgia to display your gifts and talents? I, I tell you, man, and that, that's a phenomenal question because you always hear people when they eventually making it, I, they they'll go away and they'll claim Atlanta, and you're right up the street. Yeah. That's actually where yeah. you're from. You might be from Tweed County, Come on but. Now. You, you see a lot of people that do that, but my biggest thing is, you know, why not make it? Because there's, there's a light on making Georgia right now that I constantly hear people, I never move back to making, or making always has this. It's mm-hmm. like, well, let's show the positive light of our city. You know, well, how about yes, since you, you know, if, it, if it's something you don't like about it, let's make a move to make it better, not just sit back and complain about mm. it. What can we do wow. to make our city, you know, better? What can we do to make people change their mind about it? Don't sit back and say, I don't like making because it Come always, on. okay, well, what you going to do about it? Come on, man. You know, Come so on. my thing is, is that's why I said, okay, my city always gets the productions first. It's, it's always making. You're going to see this production before I take it to any other city because you're my home. You where I've been my entire life. And when it happens later on, when, when, when God does what he's going to do, in this mm-hmm. business for me, I already know he's gonna do it because I'm speaking it right now. It's right. gonna be making first, regardless. Making is the first city of tour, regardless of what happens in every year. So I mean, that's it, man. I I love my city. I love my well, city. And, and, and you know, I, I can I can feel your energy for the city and the way you are talking to people, man, and meeting folks, man. It just really encouraged me because I thought, you know, people all, like you said, people always talk about the killing and making, this and making. Let's do a prayer vigil. Let's do a walk. But I remember seeing something on television where this city had a terrible shooting, and it was like, hey, let's do a concert and bring the city together and bring healing. And that's what I that's mm-hmm. why I appreciate it so much because, it, you know, with over 600 tickets sold and counting to uh, fit to sell out uh, the uh, what is it, the Grand Old? Yeah, the Grand Opera House. Grand Opera House to set to sell it out, man. It's gonna bring so much healing because people need to come together and laugh. They need to come together yeah. and see that you got some celebrities and people that believe in this city just like you guys, man. Hey, I'm, yeah. I got a couple more questions and I got to get you out of here. You got work to do, man. What what, yeah, what man. is your message? <laughs> what is your message that you strive to present to the world? Well, it's it's a no matter what you're going through, it's okay to laugh. You know, that's my, my biggest thing is, is it's okay to laugh, you know, and it, it, it's a thing about it is, you know, I want, want people to realize that, okay, this is somebody who's passionate about what they're doing. And the messages I always portray are not just, you know, random. It's always real life situations. And my biggest thing is people never can tell when Steven is going through. I mean, I've had a point in my life, man, where I had absolutely nothing. I stayed in a hotel. And on, it was $900 a month, and I only made $600 a month. Didn't have a car. My kids still came and stayed with me every now and then on weekends. But, of course, they're like, oh, daddy, we're in a hotel. Yay. But lo and behold, they're eating, you know, some Wendy's, and I ain't ate nothing all day. Uh, I, as soon as I leave, people always say, Stephen, you're so funny, man. You're always in a good mood. Not knowing that when I get home or get to my hotel, when I walk four miles to get back to my room, that I have nothing to eat. And I'm going to be back tomorrow, and they're going to say, man, we love, all I heard was we love being around you. Because that's what I always tell people, man. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. Because sometimes it keeps you from crying. Because I was hurt numerous times laying there looking at my children, laying in the hotel thinking that's just cool right then. But understanding, dad really, he has no choice. He don't have anything else. Mm -hmm. And so when I went through that situation there, it molded me into a guy that says the glass is always half full. And regardless of what happens, if something's going to happen, a deadline, 
God's going to take care of it because I can't say I don't know how I made it because I know exactly how I made it right. by the grace yes, of sir, God. Man. Come on now, man. Well, I'm going to say, hey, listen, y'all out there, you, you listen to Apostle John L. Solomon tuned in to Strength from the Lion's Den. I am a man, Mr. Stephen Little. We're talking about the director's cut. He got this play coming out, The Deception, Deception 2, June the 2nd at the Douglas Theater. I mean, you know, the Grand Opera House in Macon, Georgia. So, listen, sure. I got um. I got one more question, man, before we let you go. I just want to know, uh, what, what, what do you want people to say about your work after they've seen one of your productions or heard one of your songs? or you know, What do you want them to say about you and your work? Well, you know, well, of course, right off, producers or directors of anything, you want people to say, wow, I can't wait for the next one, because that way when you write the next one, you know they'll be there. So, of course, that's one of the main things people want to hear. They have that wow factor. But my biggest thing is I want you to go out knowing that, okay, this is something that was well worth my money, and I'll, every single one of my emotions were catered to. All right. And that's what I focus on. I don't just say, okay, you're going to come laugh the whole time. That's right. There's some characters in this one. You're going to laugh. You may, you're possibly going to cry. And then you're definitely going to be upset at a character because I'm just going to be honest. My character is just, you really don't nobody like him. And you know, you're going to be very upset. So you're going to get mad. So the emotions, I just want people to say, man, that that's, that's mind blowing. I can't wait for the next one. And I'm going to keep feeding people as long as they keep asking for the food. Well, man, that's powerful. Listen, y'all, Hey, y'all, I got to let this man go. Mr. Steven Little, man, we, you, you did it tonight. We appreciate you and your cast. Uh, Deception two coming out June the 2nd at the Grand Old Opera. Am I saying it right, Steve? Yeah, Grand Opera House. The Grand Opera yeah, House Grand in Opera Macon, House. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. got, you got to be there for this play. It's going to be tremendous. I got to leave this last mm-hmm. word for you and your cast. As that you give us the vision, the sight, and the speed and power to make it through this mission. All the airmen say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Nothing's difficult. Everything's a challenge. Through adversity to, to the, the stars. From the last plane to the last bullet to the last minute to the last man, we fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. Instead of saying we fight, y'all gonna say we act. We act. We act. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and tell them that right now. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, man, we appreciate we appreciate having you tonight, man. Do your thing. We're gonna be there to support you. We're gonna keep promoting this. Hey, yes, I appreciate you, man. This is an awesome platform you have here, bro, and I wish you the best in what you're doing as well. All right. Thank you, man. We'll see you soon. All right, Doc. All right. Listen, man, that was powerful, man. He shared his story, his testimony, where he came from, what he was doing. Man, I'm just uh, I'm excited about that play, and, and I'm, and I'm going to be there, of course, and I hope you be there, too. Now. Now my he had to go because he got to cast, he got to direct, he got to talk to him, he got they got they got to perform. But not only do they have to perform, guess who else has? Guess who else has to perform? You do, huh? And it ain't no act; it's your life, huh? This 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 play, this film, this movie is your life, and you are the leading role. Now it would be a shame if you got somebody else starring in your life. I ain't talking about your autobiography or your biography. I'm talking about your actual life, and you got somebody else living your life. Or you're not the person living your life that you want to be or supposed to be. Hmm. I think we're having a failure to communicate our true selves. 
let, let's look at the director's cut. Some people see that. They think I'm just talking about a movie. I'm just talking about a play. I'm just talking about an actor. No, I'm seriously talking about the director's cut. See, director's cut means a specially edited version of a film that is supposed to represent the director's own approved edit of the film. And it is released sometime after the original release of the film. Did you catch that? The director's own approved edit of the film. Now, so what, what, what does that mean to you? Well, what that means to you is, let's say the director is God. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to humble God like that and to compare him to anything on this earth that's not biblically uh, expressed because God can be compared to nothing. He's uh, the most high, El Shaddai, the, the, uh, the inexasperated one. He can do anything, be anything, but we can't compare him to anything on this earth, not with our little finite minds. He's so beyond and, be, and above. His ways are past finding out, but he reveals things to us by his spirit. So, because the Bible said the children of Israel saw his acts, but he revealed himself to Moses. God will reveal himself to you. So, with that being said, that I'm not trying to uh, water down the most high God. So, for all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes, I'm saying in the director's cut, God is the director. And he, he has his own approved edit of the film, which is called Your Life. Mm-hmm. And it and it's yet to be released. It needs to be released. You need to get the director's cut of your life on the set. Why? Because the original release of the film hmm, did not express who you truly are. The original release of the film did not bring out the true attributes of what you bring to this world. The original release of this film was not fully developed to show the characteristic of what God intent for you to be or intended for you to be. You have purpose. You have privilege. You have power. You have something contained inside of you that needs to be opened up and shared with the world. The director's cut. We got to see the director's cut of your life. We got to see God's handprint, God's handiwork, God's masterpiece, God's masterpiece of what you truly are, what you really are. See, that original film was comprised of some stuff that you did, some places where you didn't quite give your all, some uncertainties where you stepped out and didn't quite step out with assurance where some other people added some stuff and you followed and played duck duck goose here and there see my big brother recently put up a post someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality hmm. let that sink in and settle down and matriculate matriculate to your through your medulla umbilicata come on someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. What they say of you doesn't have to be the truth of you. What they say of you may be facts, may be actuality, actual events, but it doesn't have to become your reality. You know how they say, once of this, always of this. No, you don't have to always uh, stay constant in a place of low level, low living, lowliness. You can come up. Their opinion does not have to become your reality. God wants to do a new thing in you, my friend. 
He wants to do a new thing in you. You may be saying, well, you know, if you're doing bad, well, then let's upgrade you to something good. If you're doing bad, well, hey, you at the bottom of the barrel. Ain't nowhere, ain't nowhere else for you to go but up. But don't be afraid to succeed. Yeah, some folks going to hate on you. Yeah, some folks going to get mad when you start walking in the reality of who you are. Yeah, because some people like you being where you are. They like you being beneath them. They like you not speaking out. They like you cowing down and bowing down when they come into the presence. If you're doing bad, let's upgrade to something good. If you're doing good, you say, I'm fine. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's all right. I'm, my friend, come on now. Why settle for good when there's something better for you? Upgrade to something better. Because there's more to you than what we see. I'm going to say that again. Amen. <laughs> there's more to you than what we see. The movies called them the Transformers. All you saw was a car. But after them gadgets move and them circuits break and the tires and all that come about, you got something standing before you that you didn't know was really there. My friend, you got to begin to transform into the reality of who you really are. Why are you holding back the precious jewel of a person that you are? Why are you holding back them amazing gifts and talents that you have yet to release? Why are you holding back those thoughts, those understandings, that testimony, that power that lies inside of you? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm not just giving you some motivational mumbo gumbo. I'm talking to your spirit, and I'm telling you to come up, come out, and come on over to the real side of who you are and what you really are and show the world what you can do. What Muhammad Ali used to say, we're going to shock the world. You need to start shocking some people because they didn't know you knew all you know. I'm going to say that again. They didn't know you knew all that you know. Yeah, that's a tongue twister and a mind, a mind scrambler. They didn't know you knew all that you know. They didn't know that there was more to you than what we really see. They didn't know that you've been through this and you've been through that. They didn't know that you have so much more under the water than what they see. That little iceberg sticking out. It's, it's large. It's huge. But there's so much more under the water. Now, I ain't saying you got to open up your closet and tell any, all of it. But some folks can't handle the truth. They can't handle the real testimony. They can't handle that real true stuff about you. Hmm. But you got to stop hiding in the shadows. You got to stop walking away when you think bigger personalities come on the scene and you shy, shy away back into your little corner. My friend, you're somebody special. My friend, you're something mighty. It's time for you to bring that person to the forefront. Hey, if you're doing good, let's upgrade you to something better. And if you're doing better, oh, my God, if you're doing better, you're saying it's all good. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and God is with me. If you're doing better, my friend, then why not go ahead and upgrade to the best, most efficient you, the best, most progressive life that you can have, a life of freedom, a life of living, a life of loving. Don't be in bondage. Stop hating. Oh, my God, stop running from your flesh. Your flesh is your flesh. Stop running from it. You're trying to cover it with religious jargon. I'm blessed. No, you a mess. Stop saying, I'm, I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm blessed. What I heard was, I'm a mess. Pray for me. <laughs> That's what you should have said. I'm a mess. 
that's okay. We all a mess. If you're blessed, say you're blessed. That's okay. But also know you a mess too. Don't just everything. I'm doing fine. Thank you. It's right on my kind. And then you go home and die. Like Lenny Williams, ball up to, to a big old ball and just cry. Shut the blinds, turn off the TV, darken the house. Then when the sun come up, you get up. Joy came in the morning, uh, but then you were miserable all through the night. Now, we shouldn't do it for a night. Not every night. <laughs> we shouldn't do it for a night. Not every night. <laughs> you wake up and say, Joy came in the morning. Well, Dawn, you weep every night? That ain't what, that, that was not God's original intent. Upgrade you to something better, the most progressive life that you can have. It begins with one question, my friend. It begins with one question. You want to know what that question is? Well, then you just stay tuned. (laughs) We're going to go to the break, and we'll be right back after these commercials. Hold on. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on Win, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. A lion leads. It's about having the courage to stand and fight for your life. Having the strength to go bravely in your own direction. Even if others walk away, you tread your own path. Only you know what's best for you. Only you know what path to take. Only you know your courage, your strength, your heart. Everyone has the heart of the lion inside of them. Let it out. Let it scream out of you. Like the lion, unleash the beast in you. All right, we're back. Apostle John L. Solomon, the lion among lions in Lions Den. The director's cut, too. Get it how you live. We spoke briefly with Mr. Stephen uh, Little. My God, he got a play coming up called Deception 2, June 2nd at the Grand Ole Opera House in Georgia, Macon, Georgia. So you want, you want to be there and support the brother. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Telegram, <laughs> email. Smoke screen, pigeon message, whatever you got to do. Anyway, listen, tonight I'm talking about the direct, director's cut, but I'm going behind the scenes of life and talking about God as the director of your life. And he has an original cut for you. When we left, I told you I was going to tell you how simple it is. It begins with a simple question. That one question. And that question is this. Wait, before I get to that question. There was a man at the pool 
of Bethesda full of impotent people. He was in the company of a lot of sick people, a lot of people who were down on their life, down and out, straight struggling. And uh, Jesus came and Jesus said, would you be made whole? And he began to make excuses. He said, you know what? When I get ready, I don't have a man to put me in the pool. I don't have nobody to put me on. I don't have nobody to help me. I don't have nobody to do this. I don't have no... Okay, okay. He began, Jesus asked him, did you want to be whole? And he began to talk about everything that he didn't have. You ever been ready to do something or getting ready to do something that was monumental, that was uh, special, that was tremendous, and a self-sabotaging thought rose up? You say, well, that, that's the enemy. No, sometimes we self-sabotage ourselves by allowing that thought to matriculate throughout our mind. Allowing that thought to go through and irrigate our confidence and bring it down. By saying, well, I, I, this happened before and I failed and that happened before and the door was shut and that happened before and I fumbled. Man, stop, stop sabotaging yourself and answer the question. The question begins with, what do you want? Oh, I want me a new car. My friend, that's that. No, no, no. That's minor. I want me a big house. That's minor. You're going to need more in life than a nice car and a big house. You're going to need more than that. What do you want at the essence of your being and the fibers of the reality of who you really are? What do you want? He said, well, I got a list of things I want. Things. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of things in which he possesses. Your life, your life consists of your soul, your will, your mind, your emotions. Your life is a, a woven thread of something special. What do you want out of that thing called life? Got to be more than cause. Got to be more than money. Go to the heart of the matter. Go to your heart of hearts and say, John. Or a blank, put your name in there. What do I really want out of life? And give yourself some time to answer that question. I don't mean a couple of minutes. I'm talking about days, maybe weeks. Don't know how much time you have, but you got to answer that question for yourself. What do I want? What do I want out of this thing called life? What is it that I need to make it in this world? What do I, what am I striving for? What's keeping me up at night? What's waking me up in the morning? Come on, what's your passion? What's your desire? Who are you? Where are you? What are you doing? What do you need to be doing? My friend, there's so much more that you can do. There's so much more that you can have. And I wanna, I'm not talking about the increase of merely things. I'm talking about the fulfillment of your life, being happy with who you are. Having that joy that we talked about a minute ago that comes in the morning. Not because you got a bright, shiny object given to you, but I'm talking about something that will fulfill your life. And it has to be from within. Things won't make you happy. People won't make you happy if you've not found that true happiness on the inside of you. Man, I was a miserable person for a long time. I was feeling real bad. I was feeling mighty low, but then something happened that turned my world upside down. God said something to me. I used to say, man, I'm a a man acquainted with grief. You know, I'm full of sorrows. And God said to me, no, you're not. He said, get off the cross. You're trying to be a martyr? Get off the cross. 
Jesus already hung on the cross. Why do you keep putting yourself on the cross? Why do you keep sacrificing yourself on the altar? I don't need you sacrificing yourself on the altar. I need you out in the world, giving life, spreading life, sharing life. My friend, you have life. Lift your head, oh, ye gates. Lift your head up. Stop walking around, beat down, looking down, feeling down, bogged down. Get out from under those cares. Get out from under those burdens. Release yourself. Go within and walk around the inside of your department life, your department store. You don't need to purchase anything. You own it. Walk around your life and take inventory. How much joy do you have? How much peace do you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that. How much peace do you need? How much finance do you need? How much deliverance do you need? How comfortable and satisfied are you? Oh, my God. If you're comfortable and satisfied with where you are, uh-oh, I think we may have a problem again. Maybe we're having a failure to communicate. If you're comfortable and satisfied, look at your resume. Is your resume accomplished enough for you? Have you gotten every bit of oil out of yourself? Every dream, every drop, everything that you want to do? I see you, little boy. I see you as a little boy. I see you as a little girl talking about what you was going to do. You ain't, you, you went broad man when you was little. So what you going to do with your life? Nothing. Just chilling. No, 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 no. That when you was a little boy. That when you was a little girl. I overheard some pre-Ks over next door to my classroom, and they was asking them what they want to be when they grow up. One said a fireman. One said a policeman. I said, oh, my God. And then this one little girl said, what do you want to be when you grow up? She said, a mom. <laughs> I said, all right, now. I said, now, that's what I'm talking about. She said, I want to be a mother. Now, we just celebrated Mother's Day. I thought that was so powerful and that she reached down inside of her little soul. And she didn't bring, she didn't bring forth uh, an activity, an occupation in the sense of job nine to five. She brought up a lifestyle. She brought up something that you will be from the day your child is born until one of you, she, forever, something that you will always be. She said, I want to be a mom. I wonder why. Maybe because she has has a powerful mom, or maybe she doesn't have a powerful mom, or the mom that she needs or wants, whatever, whatever the case. She said, Mom. And I thought that was so incredible. Now, what do you want? What are you striving for, my friend? There's so much that you can do. See, you got to begin to speak to some things. You got to open up your mouth and speak to some things. Sometimes we take for granted. In a, in a moment of uh, inspiration or a moment of uh, revelation or we get a, an, an epiphany and we say, you know what, I'm going to speak it into life. And you speak it into life one time and then you go away. And you complain, you forget about it. No, my friend, you got to keep speaking because faith come by hearing. And hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing by the word of God, the word of truth, the word of law, the word of love. You got to hear some over and over and over again. Researchers, researchers have suggested and, and posits, posits that if you hear something over and over and over again with enough conviction from a credible source, you will begin to believe it, whether it is of truth or not. 
So, my friend, the Bible said even God that raises the dead and calls those things that are not as though they were. You got to speak some things by faith and believe it. Not when you're on the top of the mountain, but when the mountain is on top of you. That's when you got to cry out in faith. When you're not at your best, when you're not on top of the world, when you're not feeling up to and touching. My friend, that's when you got to say, I'm more than a conqueror. When you feel like your butt is getting conquered all over the place, you got to say, I'm more than a conqueror. You got to keep saying it when you don't feel like it until you feel like it. You got to keep saying, I'm the head and never the tail. I'm above and not beneath. My friend, you got to keep saying, I'm a lender and not a borrower. I'm an owner. I'm a landlord. Come on. You got to say, I'm a winner. I'm a champion. Come on, a champion speaks to themselves and believe what they say. Encourage yourself. You got to get you a script in your heart and begin to affirm to yourself who you are and what you can do. For a long time, when I got up to preach, something would come up in my spirit to sabotage me. And it still happens today when I'm getting ready to do something incredible, something mighty. The enemy, the enemy of my mind will come up with a self-sabotaging thought to bring me down the size. You know, people say, don't you get the big head? No, you get the big head. Don't get arrogant. Don't get to have a certain amount of confidence, a certain level of understanding your aptitude when it's time to do something great, when it's time to do something mighty, when it's time to do something impactful for your community, when it's time to fulfill the will of God, you got to have a certain a level of confidence. The Bible says, cast not away your confidence. I don't care. He told Jeremiah, I'm going to make your face hard like they say. They're going to be looking hard, cross-eyed, cross-eyed, bug-eyed, mad, no matter what. When you step up to the plate to do what it is that you have to do, my friend, get tunnel vision. Block it out and do what it is that you've been called and purposed and destined and ordained and sweated and fought to do. Stand in your position, stand in your place, and believe God, and open your mouth, and declare that you are, and declare that I am, declare that I am going to be, no, I am being, I am being. <laughs> one, of our, one of our used to be prophets used to say, I'm always becoming what I'm conscious of being. I remember uh, my bishop, Saunders, he used to say, every time he would saw me as I was a bud and young pastor, he said, Pastor Solomon, every time I see you, you're looking more and more like a pastor. I, I didn't know what it meant, but it sure made me feel good that my overseer saw me as the way I was beginning to see myself. Sometimes we don't want to walk in that confidence reality of who we really are. But see, I know a king named King Tatuka. Yeah, King Tatuka had one servant and a small little tiny kingdom, about the, si- about the size of a little, a little small town. And all the African kings came to meet and they were they were there with their large entourage of servants and handmaidens and concubines and the kings were all there. And little King Tatuka came with his one servant. He walked around with his chest out. He walked around brave. He walked around feeling good about himself, not with his head held high. And all the kings were kind of laughing at him somewhat, you know, kind of snickering as he walked by and with his one servant. And uh, one king said to other king. Or one of these wise old kings, this young king, he said, why does King Tatuka walk around like he has everything in the world? The wise king said, he knows something that you haven't realized. And he said, what is that? He's still a king. Huh? He's still a king. You see, you see, 
well, he has just a little kingdom. He has just one servant. He's still a king. You're still a king. You're still a queen. You're still somebody to be reckoned with. You are still somebody to be dealt with. You still are an amazing person. Stop looking at what you don't have. Stop looking at what's not there. Stop making excuses. Man, I remember I used to drive this little hoopty. <laughs> Music blasting everywhere I go. I pulled up to this one church. It was a parking lot in the front. I was going to drive to the back. They was like, no, no, pull up here. They put me right in the front of my hoopty. I stepped out of the car. They said, welcome, Apostle. We're glad you're here. You know, they, they, it's like they, get, they gave me so much respect. They didn't care what I was driving, but they repped their. Now, I'm going to tell you, some people do. You know, me and judge after the appearances. God judges after the heart. You know, I'm going to be pulling up in my formatic pretty soon, my black Mercedes Benz. That's, that's just my personal thing. It ain't, it ain't a materialistic thing. But to let you, that just goes to show you, pull up to the front in your hoopty. Pull up there in the front in your one-piece suit, your half suit. Step out and understand who you are. When I first started growing my hair, because I got pretty locks down my back. <laughs> get the visual. Get the visual. <laughs> and and I, I used to be a little... Uh, conscientious at first Until God says not Your hair it's your heart He says it's not your hair It's your heart He said they may start off looking at your hair But by the time you finish I'm going to reveal Your heart And your heart is after God Hey Y'all with Apostle John Solomon The lion among lions in the lion's den The director's cut Hey we'll be back in a moment with our last take, tell you something very special, and uh, y'all hold on, we'll be right back. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. All right, I'm back. Apostle John L. Solomon, strength from the Lions Den. Tonight I'm talking about the director's cut. Two, get it how you live it. Interviewed a young man by the name of uh, Stephen Little, uh, actor director of his upcoming play Deception Two, in making th- in making Georgia the Grand Ole Opry at uh, on June the second. But he had to go because he had rehearsal. But uh, that brother is hustling and moving tickets. Over six hundred tickets sold. They, they want they want to fill out the uh, Grand Ole Opry. And they're like three hundred some tickets away, and I, and I believe they're going to do it. But we're talking about the director's cut. Where I, where he, when he left, I picked it up. God is as a director, and His cut is the original preview of your life. Where are you in your life? You got to understand 
your mind is a terrible thing to waste. That's what they used to say for the Negro College Fund. <laughs> your mind is a terrible thing to, fa- to waste. In the story of Samson and Delilah, Delilah cut off Samson's locks. You ever had your locks cut? You think I'm talking about hair. I'm talking about those real locks. Uh, let me, Judges 18, 16 and 18 said when Delilah saw that, he had told her all his heart. Stop telling people everything of, that's deep in your heart. Some people want to know so that they can go and do it. Some people want to know so they can put it down and laugh at it. But she went and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, come up for once. For it showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him to sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man. And she called him to shave off the seven locks of his head. Now, I got a whole bunch of pretty locks in my head. So I was particularly wondering why they said seven. I said, seven? I said, what, he had seven locks and the rest of it bald? I couldn't understand. Was his hairline receding and looked seven in the back? I don't know. Ne- nevertheless, whatever the case, those seven locks represent something. And it all de- and it begins with you in the form of the pronoun, the personal pronoun of I. The seven locks are as thus. The first lock is your intelligence, your ability to know things, to know something. The second lock is your imagination, your ability to create. The third lock is your influence, your ability to walk in authority. The fourth lock is your identity, your God-given ability to be the best possible you that there can be. The fifth lock is your importance, your ability to feel like you matter. The sixth lock is the sixth lock is your ideas, your ability to think and approve upon yourself and your life. The seventh lock is your increase, your ability to grow and expand your borders, your life, your legacy, your livelihood. Those are the seven locks that Delilah was trying to shave off of Samson. Those are the seven locks that the enemy is trying to shave off of your head, your intelligence, your imagination, your influence, your identity, your importance, your ideas, and your increase. Can I tell you, all those got shaved off from Samson, but that was not how the story ended. Samson had one more chance to do what he needed to do. He said, Lord, give me one more chance. I want my power back. I want my strength back. I want my vision back. I want my prosperity back. I want my energy back. I want my healing back. I want my mind back. I want my emotions stable. I want my life back. And God gave it to him. But he said, Lord, as you're restoring Everything that the canker worm, the pupper worm, the, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locust, and the caterpillar. Oh, I don't, don't let me tell you what those four represent. I don't have time. But those are things that come to eat up and to destroy things in our life. But after God begins to restore those things in our life, after God was beginning to restore Samson in the initial phase of his restoration, Samson said, Lord, stop. Don't do it because I know you're a good God. 
full of grace, truth, and mercy, and you're about to give me everything that the enemy stole from me. He said, stop, let me die with my enemies. And see, that's what we need to be saying. Lord, let me die with my enemies. I know y'all saying, what? What do you mean, let me die with my enemies? Lord, let me die with the things that are dying so that you can resurrect me back to what I need to be. Huh? Come on now, that's not how the story ends. Death is not the final for us. We are resurrected. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. And now all things are of God. David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Purge me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and make me whiter than snow. Renew me. Let the old me die that the new me may come forth. Let the old me pass away that the new me may rise up. Rise, shine, for the light has come. I am a new creature. I am a new being. I have another chance. To do it again the right way, God's way, so that God can get the glory, because no glory is no more important than God's glory. Let me die with my enemies. Let my, let my old man die with my whole way of life and bring forth a new man, a new man after God's own heart, a new woman ready to run this race, a new man that's able to go, go for the goal, a new woman that's able to rise up to lead one. That's not how your story ends. You ain't going to just pass off. See, you got to renew yourself, recreate yourself, my friend. Huh? After God's image, in his likeness, even as you were in the beginning. Moses, they tried to kill Moses as a child. But that's not how the story ended. He led the children of Israel out of bondage and into their promised land. Jonah told God, that's it. I ain't going, um, no, God, I ain't doing nothing you said. But that's not how his story ends. He went into a trial, a tribulation. He went into a struggle. He was swallowed. But guess what? That's not how his story ends. He came back in his comeback season because he cried out to God, Lord, your will be done. Ruth was with her, uh, her, her stepmother. They were in a bad place, a place of desolation, a place of nothingness. But Ruth said, you know what? I, I want to leave. I, I might need to jump out. I might need to bail out of this Titanic. But she said, you know what? I can't go nowhere right now. I, I think God is in this situation. You know, I, I believe God is with me through this. And it, uh, I got God on my mind. I got God in my sights. I'm looking at what God is looking at. I'm not going on my guesstimation. I'm not going on my fancy footwork and, and mental ascension, but I'm believing God. And as God is telling me to stand, I got to stay right here. And guess what? When it looked like it was over, it wasn't over. That's not how the story ends. God said, come on, Ruth. Come on, Naomi. I got to take you out and meet somebody. I got this girl of Boaz over here that that's going to raise y'all up in the come up. Peter said, Lord, I'm with you. Peter said, I cut off ears. I walk on water. I declare who you are. I'm the man when I walk through. But then when it was time to step up and stand up, man, he bailed like a little cow. He bailed out. Oh, my God. He, he denied Jesus to the point of cussing. He blew it. He blew it bad. You ever blew it bad? You ever blew it? Oh, y'all you, you, ain't never been through nothing? Come on now. You ain't never been through nothing? You ain't never done nothing wrong? Oh, my friend. My goodness. Well, clean your halo up then and keep on stepping. Don't come by me with your perfect self. Don't come by me with your self-righteous But I'm talking about people who don't been through the been through. I'm talking about who don't seen the mud, who been, been seen the mud, sat in it, and was drugged through it. But guess what? 
Jesus. That's not how the story ends. Jesus came back with some restoration in his hand. He came back with some restoration in his mouth. I'm talking about the director's cut. I want to put your film right. I'm going to show you what needs to go. I'm going to show, pull out some scenes and show you some scenes that did not work. I'm going to show you some areas where it was just some bad acting in your life. I'm going to show you some areas where you could say this and you should have said that. huh? But I'm going to show you how to do it the right way this time. That's not how your story ends, Peter. huh? You're going to stand up on that day. When the Holy Ghost comes, because in that day, the burden shall be lifted off your shoulder and the burden from off around your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of that anointing that's on your life. That anointing is there. It ain't going nowhere. God gave it to you. God gave you that anointing. Stand up, just like Peter on the day of Pentecost. And you're going to say, you know what? These men are not drunk, as ye suppose. Now, I ain't drunk. I ain't bewildered. I ain't bamboozled. I ain't run amok. I'm standing up. I'm talking strong. I'm walking in that confidence. Now, I ain't got the big head. I got the big God. And he's backing me up. And he don't let my words fall to the ground. Here, test me. Try it and watch me. Huh? Come on. Test me. Let me show you what I'll do in the name of Jesus. Let me show you what's going on in my faith. See, I, I, I speak to that mountain of doubt. I said, move, because I believe. I speak to that, that, that mountain of pain. I said, move, because I know it's hurting in my body, but I'm not the body. I am spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. The body is not me. It's just a house that I live in. The real me resides inside this body. And when I lay this body down, this earth suit, it just will be a shell of what I used to be. I spoke to Lack. I said, Lack, get out of here. What are you doing, you dry bones? I spoke to Lack. I said, be ye filled. I, I, I spoke to it. I said, Lack, what are you doing here? Why are you hanging out in my life? I had to break some generational curses of poverty. I had to break some generational mindsets of poverty. I had to go in and do some reconstructive surgery on my DNA that was talking about poverty and where I came from nothing. God said, you came from nothing, but guess what? You were never nothing. You are always something because I created you to be something with a purpose, something with power, something with power, something with power. Understand that power to the division. I won't be divided. I am one with God. I speak to mistrust. I speak and I say, get out of my way. I will prosper. You will prosper. The director's cut. You will prosper. My friend, don't you give up. Don't you give in. Don't you give out. Don't you let go, my friend. But you keep on moving. You keep on growing. You keep on believing. The best is yet to come. No, my friend, you are yet to come. He will come forth as pure gold. It's time for the emerging of the mighty you. It's time for the coming forth of the incredible you, the amazing you. You are something special. Break the yokes of doubt. Break the yokes of mixed trust. Break them yokes off of your life. You can do it with thine own hands. Your faith will make you whole. Because faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said, prepare me a body. Lord, I come in the volume of the book. You said, God, prepare me a position. Prepare me a place. I got work to do. I got to step up and step out and step on into this thing and put my hands to the plow and not look back because what I put my hands to you will cause to prosper what I put my hands to you will cause to prosper because all things work out for the good because you love the 
love me. All things will work out good. God is for you. And if God be for you, who? Be against you. 